This is Raw Cut. Welcome to Life Burst. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. Well, how do you get the nickname Sharky? Find out more soon. Yes, welcome to Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. And today we are sharing the life story of Faye. Thank you, Faye, for coming in on today's program. You're welcome. Yeah. Where we start with all of our guests is where did life start out for you, Kay? Um, Faye. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's Sorry. Okay. Yeah. That was the first test. That was yeah. the first test. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, life started at McLaren Vale Hospital 68 years today at oh, okay. 7 a.m. Okay, there you go. Interestingly <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah, so um, always lived in the southern area and... Uh, my parents are founders of the area and uh, farmers and love of fishing. And You're yeah. tell, telling us uh, when you say founders of, of the area, you really are. There's a family yeah. heritage in that area. It's, it's, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. Well, the Perry side being my mother's family, they were millers of flour and the flour would go back to England by the Onkaparinga River back to Port Nolunga. And, yeah, they grew the wheat and then they would use the mill and send it back. And the father, they belonged to the Christie's of Christie's Beach and mixed farming and wineries all through Morfitt Vale at Flaxmill Road. So, mm. yeah. so a real uh, rich heritage in that area and you, you yeah. remain in, in that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the southern area and still on a little farm. Love everything about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's uh, been a good day. What a day to spend, a way to spend your birthday. Oh, it'll get, yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. A birthday to remember. Here yeah. Life, but, yeah, for sure. Um, so those who are not aware, uh, Christie's Beach is a suburb of South Australia, and so that's where the name Christie's Yeah, southern Adelaide. We live very close to the Onkaparinga River, and the bend was named Perry's Bend. Okay. And as children, we'd run down over the hill with our fishing pole and go fishing any time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, basically remained on the farm doing jobs and uh, never went to Adelaide before I was 35 on a Saturday night. And, yeah, we just lived a very tight country life right and what was the farm uh, what was, what was mixed the farm, farm yep. um grew a lot dad grew a lot of vegetables and sold them on the roadside well children did and mum milked cows and they had mixed farm pigs and things like that so you are always got work mm. working somewhere what We'd, type of fish would you catch in the Onkaparinga um mainly brim and that was usually in our September school holidays we were allowed to go down and, you know, mum would say, well, they'll come home when they're hungry. Right. And, <laughs> and so we'd catch fish morning and night and uh, that sort of got followed on. Mum fished in that area till she was 92, taking herself down there four o'clock in the morning in the dark. And last time she got stuck in the river and she tells a story about a guy who was running along in what she called his underwear, but I'm sure he was a jogger. And (laughs) she yelled for him to pull her out the river. And, yeah, at 92, it's uh, 
unbelievable to be going fishing on your own. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So now the fishing will come up in your story yeah. later on as well. So, uh, yeah, from a very early age, that was a part of your, your DNA. Yeah, very early. And Dad had a little putt-putt boat and a boat shed at Seaford, which the boat sheds back in those days were dugouts of the cliff with two doors closing over and it was permitted to have nets in those days so several families would come to the beach that night and the um, net would go out and around and you'd pull the net in and whatever fish and stingrays or crabs anything all the different families um, shared all of the produce that we got out of that but yeah, netting's gone by the way now, mm. but it was great fun at night in the dark waiting to see what was going to come in. Mm. Yeah, I've mm. never heard of having a dugout for like where you store your boat and yeah, ever. Yeah. Talk to us about what that looks like and how mm. something like that's made, if you know. Mm. Well, it was I was a child and I didn't ever see the start of it, but it, essentially it's exactly that. They dig out and go deep into the cliff face and that's where you stored your boat. You never took your boat home. And you'd have a bit of a living quarter there. And uh, you'd go down to the boat shed and get the old putt-putt out and go gar fishing or do using the um, nets and that sort of thing. And in the summer, you'd sit inside and it was cool, the same as any underground type of thing. And, yeah, that was our beach life. Wow. Yeah, uh, literally right on the beach. Right on the beach. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that area has changed dramatically oh, over that, that time. And yeah. you watch that unfold. Yes. Well, the paddocks that I learnt to drive in uh, is now Humpfield Heights. Okay. That was the grandmother on mum's side's paddocks the cows were in. So, um, yeah, at 18, that became Huntfield. At my 18-year-old, uh, it became Huntfield Heights. And, yeah, history mm. now. Yeah. There's thousands of houses there. Watching that unfold, how did that make you feel? Oh, it's a little sad to lose really good grazing country and farming country, but the urban sprawls right out to Selix Beach now. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Um, and, like, as far as the other side of Adelaide to Two Wells and, and Virginia, the amount of thousands of homes that are going in where mm. all the veggies were grown. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned fishing. What were some of the other things as a child that you uh, you got up to around the, the farm mm. or the area? Um, Dad had a different boat to the putt-putt and we would go to Cape Jervis and had our spots there and along Christie's Beach. But... You know, GPS wasn't there and fish finding wasn't there, so it was lined up with that electricity post and that pine tree over there <laughs> and the grey roof of a house and draw them together and somewhere there they caught snapper or they caught whiting some particular fish and that was all of their waypoints to actually be able to try and find the same spot to catch fish. So we regularly went fishing. It was that was the pastime, the fun. So, mm. yeah. Oh, a question in regards to that. I'm not a fisher person, mm. uh, but do enjoy going out on the boat and fishing and just let my uncle do the rest of it. Uh, do other fish literally just like in the same spot mm. all the time? Like, 
is that why fisher people just keep going back to the same spot all the time? Like, yeah, basically <laughs> because a, a snapper lives around a reef and can hide in the reef and he's looking for what grows on the reef. Okay. They particularly like shellfish, abalone, that's crustaceans and things, so they're living where their food source is. And the snook like the long green um, reeds to hide in and they're down at the bottom and as a fish goes over the top they're the predator that bounces out and gets lunch mm -hmm. and yeah and whiting like white sand they'll hide in the grass but they like a white sand that they'll come out and sort of fossick in that and that's where they're getting their feed so you're looking for that little white spot that you put your bait into and and wait for him to come out and find it so yeah, it's all about habitat for their food source that you're looking for. Yeah. Are you saying that whiting like, just lay on their sides in the sand? Well, they lay in the little weed that is around the sand and then they just come out to the white sand to feed. So when we're fishing, we put a burly trail out and yeah. we buy that white sand somewhere. You go along and pick that sand and sit there and hope there's some in the weeds so yeah this could be why you've uh, you don't catch much when you go out on your yeah. own you have no uh, yes I get there, there, there's an art to it is it yeah. Uh, yeah yeah there's an art to it it's same as beach fishing i haven't had a lot of experience with that but some of the girls from the team that i belong to are able to teach us and um so there are um deeper troughs in the beachfront and you can see where the water's deeper there and the fish stay in there of course the waves come in and go back but the fish are in that deeper part waiting for their food to blow in and swim come in with the water and so you're aiming to go in that deep water so that you can catch that fish that's waiting for his food there you so go. There's an art to everything. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. learned so much already. We're only like <laughs> 10 minutes through the yeah. interview already. This is Life First with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Faye. We'll be back straight after this. If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app, or you can share this on social media. Thanks for joining us on Life Burst. We are chatting to Faye. And Faye, you've given us a, a great picture of your childhood growing up in the south of Adelaide and fishing. Uh, what were some of the other things as a child you got up to in those early years? Oh, early years, I played netball for Norlunga. It's now called Old Norlunga, but originally it was just Norlunga. And I have an older sister and younger sister. They both played netball with me. Mm -hmm. And mum ended up being the umpire of many of the games. And, yeah, we used to enjoy the um, opposition complaining about the umpire all the time. <laughs> and as we went to a break in the thing, I would say, hey, Mum, uh, do you want to? And they'd go, oh, no, the umpire's your mother. <laughs> and so we would play with that a little bit. And we used to do the state championships and, uh, yeah, having – 
two sisters and myself, three of us in the same team was good fun. So, okay. Oh, yeah. good to hear because yeah. it's not, not always good fun having to. Oh, yeah, no. No, it was very good. She, my older sister, Julie's the back defence and I was the front defence in the goalie area mm-hmm. and my sister was in all the attacking areas. So, yeah, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Why did you all pick netball to play? You could have played golf or something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess because mum's affiliation with Norlunga when she played netball okay. through her life mm-hmm. and it just stemmed on from that. Yeah. And I don't even know of a golf course anywhere near <laughs> that. <there, so, laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, schooling? Uh, schooling, old no longer. Okay. Yes, yeah. 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 And then Christie's Beach High later on that had just been built. So did Christie's and from that went into the local Christie's Beach Foodland as a fruit and veg packer. The Monday morning after finishing um, third year high on the Friday, Mum marched me down there and I had a job by Monday morning okay. and working fruit and veg but had a passion for meat and I liked the butcher shop and when that came available a position to be a meat packer, I jumped straight into meat, married the butcher's son. Oh, okay. Yeah, stopping, stopping there. Right. How did you meet each other? Obviously packing meat, but yeah, yeah. how well, else he... did you meet each other? Detail story. Detail story. Oh, well, um, <laughs> Gary Carruthers was his name, is, is his name, mm-hmm. and um, he became, he worked at Coles at Ranella and ended up coming as the apprentice butcher okay. in the same thing. So there was the father butcher, the wife was the head meat packer, I was junior and Gary was the apprentice. So, yeah. So that was at age 15, married him at 21. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. So did he, like, propose to you something to do with, like, meat? Or, <laughs> no. Or, like, really, like, no, no, that? no, no. It was no. a fish, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't a fish. No, <laughs> no. Um, no, just um, continued on that. We um Bought 72 acres out in the beautiful hills of Ashbourne, Nankita, and uh, went into stud Brahmin cattle, which was a bit early for South Australia and people down here because of the nature of the animal. Mm. Um, We ran a feedlot at Manham and had butcher shops and went into meat, of which I still have a passion for, and I went along to... TAFE and did a 12-month course on how to make small goods and our butcher shop was the first butcher shop to make celiac sausages 40-something years ago for okay. anyone gluten intolerant. Wow. So, right. Okay, I haven't met many women who enjoy butchering. butchering. Yeah. Why do you like butchering? I don't know. I mean, I knew at age three, four what I wanted to do, which at Old Norlunga, there was Metro Meat, major company, mm-hmm. with an abattoir and hundreds of workers, and I said to my parents, that's where I'm going, and they said, not with the riffraff up there, you're not, <laughs> and forbid me to get into meat. But they didn't stop me. By 15, 16, I was into meat. And currently there's the cut from last week oh. that um, I'm still into meat. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Got my finger instead of what I should have been cutting up. Okay. Is there at any point you look at an animal that's dead and hanging there and feel anything, like you, even in the beginning of it all, or has it always just been like that's my job, that's just what I do? Yeah, it's just I guess 
<laughs> my nature is I look at an animal and go, oh, nice rump steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, they're... People say, oh, that's cruel, or how can you do that? Well, you don't get friendly with the animal that you're going to slaughter. You don't name it. Mm. And if you kept every animal, then they would starve because you can't feed that many animals. There's a purpose for them. I have got pets that, yeah, they're still pets, but um, no, I just love meat, particularly small goods from all the different countries that are now calling Australia home, all of the people that come to Australia, the Italian food, the oh, Greek food, oh, it doesn't matter, food. Mm, mm. <laughs> but especially in the small goods and the different variety of sausage and meats, prosciutto ham and, you know, I've had a try at all of those and I make all my own ham and bacon and things like that. So, mm. What yeah. goes into training to do that job? making small goods um run us through it well i went to the tafe as i said for 12 months and there was a gentleman a german gentleman horse ockingham he's not with us now but he trained me how to keep the meat cold what to add to it in the process of which way you go through it and just the same as a baker would learn how to bake you learn how to make small goods and there's the artesian way with not the nitrates that the modern world's using. And we're doing a flip around back to non-nitrates just for good mm. health. And, yeah, I just have a passion and an interest in it. That's great. And that was there right from the beginning. Right from yeah. this high, yeah. And even then, oh, there, there, there's more women in the industry now than there would have been. But, oh, you, but back, yeah. back when you were involved, would have been very... Uh, only lady and 40 men in the yeah. TAFE course. And, of course, the fellas thought they'd be very clever. When you fill sausages into the skins that they're in, it's done either by water pressure or air pressure. And this particular night it was water pressure. Mm -hmm. And there's a plunger in there and it's forcing up and you're holding the equipment opening it and you have your hand on the skins and it slowly feeds out mm -hmm. and you're working the on-off here. Well, all mm -hmm. the fellas thought it would be hilarious to see me have sausage meat all over myself and on the ceiling because that's how quickly it can come out. Okay. What they didn't know was I'd made a 1,000-plus kilo in the butcher shops for many 20, 10 years before I did this course. Yeah. So poor, poor teachers looking at me going, no, they're setting you up. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And I got there and I sort of winked at him and he's going, what's going on? So I get there, shoo, out it all comes, tung, 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 and I tied all the sausages up and all the guys are going, oh, how did she do that? And he's just got the biggest smile on his face and he was so pleased that it turned out that way rather than sausage meat all over everywhere. <laughs> So that was some fun. Yeah. They didn't mess with you after that. No, they didn't. No, okay. the respect was there from then on in. Yeah, it was. Yeah. One, it was good. Yeah, well done. Yeah. So your parents didn't want you to go in for the riffraff, but you yeah. ended up marrying one of yeah. the, one yeah. the riffraff. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll be back with more life births with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Faye straight after this. Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. 
Welcome back to Life Bus with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Faye today. She's been sharing with us about her love of fishing, butchering, small goods, family, netball, so much. Just go back and you can watch this later as well or listen to it later uh, as well online if you've missed the first part of it, however you're listening to us. But Faye, you weren't just all into meats and small goods. There was other things that you did too. Yeah, sure. I... um. It's food that I love, but um, the little farm that I run, I milk if I choose to. I can milk my Jersey cow, and then I have the separator that came out on the first ships from England that went to my mother's side of the family, Mm -hmm. and so I separate the milk from the cream, and once you have that, you can make butter or cheese or anything you want, of which, yeah, I I did couple of TAFE courses here in Adelaide for cheese making Mm -hmm. and you need to make plenty of time available if you're going to make cheese it's really like an operating theatre it's got to be that clean and pristine and you can't run off and do another job and come back because the milk's boiled or something's gone wrong and then you've got to start all over again so you need a day's dedication in cheese making but it's certainly tasty when you're finished i've never made cheese can you tell us how you make oh, cheese? yeah <laughs> well all different cheeses require different um techniques but as simple as ricotta that it heat the milk and once it's heated you can add vinegar to it which will turn it and then you pour it through um, cheesecloth hang it up and then there's your ricotta fresh ready to go Mm. and the older the um, harder cheeses and the mature cheeses will lay it two and three years 18 months before you even get a chance to do them to eat them Um, I haven't ventured into them i'm only in the soft cheeses like the triple cream breeze and camembert and uh, halloumi that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i haven't tried the others but yeah maybe in the future and have you sold these along the way or they're more for family no just just family and and personal yeah good yeah yeah no um most of those sorts of things including the small goods you have to have licenses for and and mm-hmm. this food checks and no i don't wish to make it a job it's just a hobby yeah. and i really just like it as a hobby great oh that's good so you had a, a small farm along the way that you purchased with your husband and then you, there was a number of yep. things you've mentioned that you you got involved in yeah yeah um gary and i had the 72 acres and then we chose to go our own ways at 35 years old and um, I've now since got a couple of acres in the hill that I had as a commercial flower business and ran that for 20-something years with uh, staff and grew a lot of the flower on the property and then anything I didn't grow, there's an Adelaide flower market that you'd rock up at 4am and purchase the items or sell what you've grown if you've got an abundance of one particular Mm -hmm. flower and um, that led me to uh, supplying all the Adelaide hospitals with ready-made flowers, boxes of flowers, bunches, that sort of thing and I went into I think it was seven Foodland stores and uh, several petrol stations with ready-made products and made a business of that that stemmed into 
a couple of the wineries in the McLaren Vale area um, taking me on board and we handled all their weddings for the weekend work. So, yeah, seven days a week and 20 years later. Wow. That's all now gone by the wayside and I go fishing. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about the fishing yeah. soon, but uh, floristry as well. Yeah, floristry. You've done that yeah. as well. You've, you've tried a bit of everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, have a go. That's yeah. the motto. Try anything. Yeah, you either succeed or you don't, and, and yeah. Yeah, and did you find some of those ventures uh, you look back on and, and wouldn't have called a success? Um, there's probably plenty of them there, but mm. yeah, forget those and you keep on the positive. It's, it's yeah, everything, it works. Mm. Just keep trying. You'll find it. And I guess everything is about passion. And if you have the passion for the food or the passion for farming, flower work, um, you just keep going because mm-hmm. it's not a job. Mm-hmm. It's passion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, you know, you'd then think I'd have a great house full of flowers. I never once put flowers in my house. It was, there was plenty there, but it's not what you choose to do. Mm. And I don't have a really big, pretty garden even now. There's bushes there, there's some flowers, but it was work. Mm. What's the hardest part about being a florist? I guess more so on the wedding side, providing um, the flower and the arrangement that the bride's really happy with and you make their day with what you provide for them. And we were fortunate enough that we had a really good name in the quality of the flower, that we never had a um, web page. We, We didn't do anything like that. There was a... Uh, phone-in service and people just ordered from that and word of mouth kept us going for 25 years. Yep, so you never had to deal with an angry bride with terrible No, we No, we were successful. I did have an accident one day where we were spraying little nuts and things to go into the bouquets and I put it all out to dry in the sun and one of my... (laughs) Friendly little animals on the farm ate it. So we had to quickly make another one and hope that we got away with it. So, yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of bloopers like that. Or on the morning, you're loading up and you think, ah, there's something missing, there's something missing. And you think, oh, I haven't done a throwaway bouquet. Quick, collect up everything that we've discarded, make something that looks a bit like it because it's going to be a throwaway for the bride. So we've had a couple of bloopers there. Mm But nothing too bad. Yeah, but, well, yeah. You've done done so much in uh, a lot of years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. turning your hand to a lot of, of yeah. uh, interests and passions. Yeah. Well, I had a um, I have a daughter, and she became my apprentice, uh-huh. and so that went down the line. And on a Mother's Day, uh, she'd bring the children down and, and stay at my place because she lived in up at Murray Bridge, and I have a couple of lovely grandchildren I've got three and the older one was three years old and her name's Chantelle and we're in there working in the florist and she was told not to put her hands in the buckets of water of which she always got her clothing wet and this particular day I said Chantelle get out of there and this little 
face looks up at me and says, can so do, Nana. (laughs) And so Chantelle still holds that and and she's now lovely 21-year-old lady following her dream and she works for Asset Transport at um, Hartley and she's a truck driver. But not only a truck driver, she's doing her apprenticeship for diesel mechanics. And so she's stretching her life out in a profession that's normally men mm-hmm. and doing really, really well. Okay. So Can yeah. so do. Can so do. That's a bit of a motto mantra for you. It is, yeah. yes, every day. Can so do. You mentioned about the flowers here on the front. Oh, and- please don't cry. <laughs> So can so do you did it you did it oh yeah yeah no I I have no doubt but <laughs> yeah so um, yeah so the little farm I still mess around there I've stretched out a bit further there and I have fish on the farm I did a course down at Warina for aquaponics and I have probably oh a thousand fish in tanks in large five meat five. I don't know how um, there'd be 5,000 litres of water in their tanks and that water is pumped and spread out over gravel in um, growing beds of which I grow all my vegetables in and the water returns to the fish clean and the vegetables take up all of the uh, fish gear and I grow organic veggies by my fish. Fantastic. So fish still come back into my life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so can so do. Can <laughs> so do. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Our new thing for today. Yes. Can yeah. so do. Can so do. Well, we're going to have another break here on Life Burst with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Faye. We'll be back straight after this. In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects one in one thousand children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a Raw Cut Community Service Announcement. This is Life Burst with Sarah and Matt, and we're talking to Faye. Uh, after many adventures and things you packed in in life, uh, Faye, uh, you, you then had a few years ago an accident that, that transformed things a little. Yeah, yeah. Um, fishing off of uh, Cape Jervis on a mill pond day, we were fishing just in the area that was going to become a marine park, so it was our last fish over that area. And we came across three waves that shouldn't have happened, but they did. And they can't quite explain them down there, whether it's seismic movement or what. But, yeah, not prepared for the three waves. The last wave being a couple of metres high, flipped the boat, and, yeah, we were in the water. Mm. Lost the boat to waves to the shore and I can't swim, and I didn't have a life jacket on, so it was uh, an experience. Yeah, yeah. So I got hit in the head with the boat because I found I was inside the boat underneath inside, mm. and, um, yeah, I would have been far better off in hindsight to have held on to the boat when I ducked and came out from underneath, and then I would have gone to the foreshore. But anyway, I didn't and got very close to dying Mm. and the last wave threw me and 
threw me into the rocks and we crawled out and then we were helicopter lifted out of there and made Channel 9 News and the advertiser the next day. Wow. So, yeah, a little bit. You can't say scary because you didn't have time to think about it. You just acted on what you had to do and, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, and so was that, how did you come out of that? Did it take a while to recover? Oh, no. (laughs) That night, uh, looking on the internet for buying another boat because (laughs) uh, it was insured, so the boat was wrecked and uh, took a couple of weeks to pick the next boat out and back on the water. And I don't don't have a fear of it. Um, And, yeah, that's sort of led into going to the fishing shows and boating things at Wavell and that sort of leads into where I am now with my top. There's a team of ladies that is called Team Just a Girl. Mm. You might have seen us on Channel 44. We're there on a Tuesday night and we're there as a motivation to women to go and do what they want to do. And so ours is passion on fishing, but we're not just meaning fishing. If ladies wanted to dirt bike ride, go and have a go, try it, find other people with the same passion and give it a go. A lot of women have put all their lives into families, bringing up their children, and then the children leave and they're, what can we do? Find mm. find yourself because you've lost yourself looking after other people. Mm. Mm. And we have lots and lots of fun, camaraderie, friendships. Um, the team Just a Girl is headed by Tracy Tito. She's about motivating people and she's opened up a Come Fishing with Skip where she hires a charter boat and then people can pay to come on that charter Mm -hmm. and we give them a good time and some of those ladies have never been on a boat in their life and I hope Lydia doesn't mind me sharing a story. She's a beautiful lady we met this day, so scared to be on the water that she was ill all day and it wasn't about the waves or seasick, it was her nerves and at the end of the day, Skip said to her, okay, Lydia, you came on for a reason. Are you going to get up here and take your fish? And Lydia got up. She got her tuna in, was proud to hold her tuna. But the funniness of this story is a week later, we all get photos sent to us from her and her hubby down at Victor Harbour. Look, I'm catching tuna. So it, you know, gave them something as a a family together Mm. that, Yep, and she's out there fishing now, and she'd never been on the water. Gave her confidence yeah. to be able to go out yeah. and conquer something. Mm. So poor Lydia, through all of our camaraderie and mateship, got mm. the name Chucky for that day <laughs> because she was not well most of the day. <laughs> yeah. So in our phones, we've got Chucky if we <laughs> want to get back to her and have yeah. some fun with her. Yeah. But, yeah, lovely lady. Look, we've met so many different ladies just having fun doing something with other women who like to do that sort of thing. Mm. And you you meet different people on the team at the moment. There's all new girls and we've all got our own little stories and our businesses and our works and things like that. But the camaraderie and the mateship Mm. is what you're there for. Mm. And 
picking each other up, supporting, um, and that's what Tracy offers with this fishing. It's all about supporting women in what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a, a great team. Um, Tracy at the moment's in Darwin on a fishing thing. I'm actually going to join her and a couple of the other girls from the team will join Sunday morning and we've invited 12 other women Australia-wide to come fishing with us and that's what we're going to do. So we haven't met those ladies but they share the same passion and they'll be up there in the nice 34 degrees shorts and T-shirt and we'll have a little challenge between ourselves and have some fun. Brilliant. Oh, what a great yeah, idea. What yeah, a great, yeah. great thing. Now, you mentioned a couple of nicknames. We've had uh, oh, Chucky. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You've got a nickname of your own yeah. that we teased yeah, at the beginning of the show. Did. Yeah. Um, I chose the name Sharky because we've shortened all our names. Alison is Ali. Sharona is Shaz. Amanda is Mans. I'm Faye, but I'm not particularly happy with the work, my name Faye, so I said because I've caught all the sharks and large shark on uh, a light line, I said I'd like to be called Sharky. So mm. on some of these um, fishing with the skip challenges, I've been out on the boat and I caught this shark just on the turn of when we should have been coming home, which we thought would have been a tuna and, you know, 10 minutes in and we're then heading back to shore. Oh, no, one hour later I'm still wrestling with the shark and finally got it in and my Facebook uh, picture is that shark with me nursing it on the boat. So, yeah, I'm happy to be called Sharky. Yeah, wow. And all the other... Three. Three so far. (laughs) So, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, my personal best and uh, we've just come back from Port McDonald fishing for tuna and and, uh, the skipper is the Australian champion for the most tagged tuna in Australia currently. What does that mean? What does tag mean? Okay, so we don't go out there and take every fish we catch and bring it home for food. We Sometimes they get caught in the wrong spots, so that one we don't return to the water and we share that amongst us as something to eat. Mm-hmm. Most of them we get into the boat and we have a tagging situation where we put a tag into them, mm-hmm. into them, and that's got a recording on it for fisheries and someone in Queensland catches one of the fish three years later or anywhere, mm-hmm. that tag is then recorded and we can tell the fisheries can tell where it's travelled, what it's where they caught it, yeah. how much we measure it, we weigh it. By the measurement we can work out its weight and so it's information to help fisheries and the preservation of fish for people, our grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't bring in a lot of fish. We just bring enough for a meal and a bit of fun mm-hmm. and we tag. So currently, just in July, we got forty tagged, 41 tagged fish in the first day of going out with our new crew. Mm. So that's pretty special because you normally think you might get five or ten. We got 41 that day. Yeah, brilliant. So the greenhorns, as we were known, we weren't greenhorns after that day. <laughs> so uh, we tag and release. And you can do it with sharks as well. 
um, and it's a competition in the game fishing club that we belong to here in South Australia and it goes Australia wide with game fishing. So it's a lot of fun, yes. a lot of hard work. Yes. Mm. Mm. And the fish, the tuna weigh, the ones we've been catching, uh, 25, 30 kilo. And, of course, when you're holding them to show off, they start to flap. And <laughs> I can tell you the whole body goes with it. Um, we were unlucky to not being able to catch a barrel, as it's called. They've got to weigh 100 kilo or greater. Skip's been lucky enough a few years ago to bring in a 98-kilo one. Wow. And that's taller and larger than she is, <laughs> but uh, we weren't lucky this year. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, what a story. Yeah. Let's continue to yeah. Uh, yeah. can so do. I think that's can a great so motto. Yeah. And we're not over yet. We're going to come back right after this. This is Life Bursts with Matt and Sarah. If you think more people should listen to this, share this podcast on social media. Welcome back to Life Bus with Matt and Sarah. Today we're chatting with Faye. And now Faye is a fellow woman myself and you're doing something a little bit different than what women would normally be seen as doing. How have the men of the fishing community reacted to you women? <laughs> oh, well, in many ways... Prior to me joining the club, okay. um, the team, uh, over the last five years, mixed um, conversations, mixed comments, yeah. and some of the comments, um, yeah, it's a, that's a man's world and a fishing world, and they, uh, we have a beautiful big 7.5-metre black and hot pink with <laughs> just a girl on it. And that name came from uh, Skipper. When she's doing things, she'd say, well, I'm just a girl. And that is uh, something that we all sort of said through my small goods, my other ideas, well, I'm just a girl. So it suits me to be called the team with the crew of just a girl. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when the boat goes in the water, black with hot pink, just a girl, oh, here comes the pink Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> and now it's, hello, ladies. Hello, girls. The girls are here. And the respect is wonderful from the fishing community and the professional guys at Port Mac. They can't wait to say hello and how you're going. Give us a few tips when, if they're on the water, they'll hop through and say, hey, if you're not catching over there, come over here. And, yeah, the world's changing for Team Just a Girl with the respect and the camaraderie from the other fishing men. So it's it's great, mm. yeah. And you go into the later for a meal at the local and they're all, they can't wait to say hello. And, yeah, it's really, really lovely how they treat us now. That's yeah, good. Brilliant. Oh, that's great. That's, yeah. that's really, really important. And it sounds like from your story that, uh, that distinction between what a – what a lady should do and shouldn't do hasn't been a, a problem from you. You've been breaking those boundaries mm. right yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, 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 I have. And, yeah, we just are out there. We're on Channel 44 on a Tuesday night with the team Just a Girl yeah. showing women, hey, go and try. 
anything you want to do. So tell us a little bit about that. You're on community TV in a yep. few places. Uh, so And you, you take a camera with you and, and film some of these adventures. Yeah, the whole show is um, filmed with us who have never turned a camera on in our life <laughs> and Skipper um, with a GoPros and we're filming all the time when we're on there. We get thrown in the deep end to film. I did a great job of the seals, the sharks, leaning over the boat to take all these great shots. Only I didn't realise the little red dot needed to be turned on, so I actually didn't film anything of a great day where we caught 41 tuna. Uh, we oh, have we, no... We you can no, pump the number up, though. Yeah, it's, oh, no. No one, <laughs> <laughs> but we have no footage because someone didn't turn the camera on. Yeah, yeah. So that's always been the next thing. Skip teaches you everything. Um, she's a great person for motivating you. Um, so the next time it'll always be, Faye, don't forget the red dot. <laughs> Make sure you've turned it on. And, yeah, so uh, if they want footage they make sure i'm not the cameraman <laughs> but yeah all the girls grab it and we film and skip edits and yeah we're out there doing it yeah it's a great yeah. encouragement yeah. great encouragement yeah. to uh, to step out and uh, yeah. i guess can so do is is a motto yeah for just a girl yeah for just a girl yeah. yeah but yeah we fund it ourselves there's um a lot of fun there there's a lot of everything that we get out of it but yeah it's um we have a few sponsors and yeah it's uh something you can always be grateful for if someone wants to help you but yeah we'll get that message out for all the women to motivate yourself get out the chair and go do it whatever it is so how do you get the boat to different fishing spots um skip Tows it behind her car. Um, It's a heavy, large one, uh, 7.5 metre boat. And just from Adelaide to Port Mac and back, you know, you run up $800 bill for fuel. It's it's not a cheap exercise, but we, you know, it's good fun. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure dirt bike riding takes fuel and whatever else, so... Yeah, for all these fishing people out there that uh, love boat specifications and everything, yep. tell us in a little bit more Ooh. detail about this hot pink hot. and black boat. Wow, she's a black boat uh, with just a girl written across it. Yeah, It's, a, I believe, 7.5-metre bar crusher, one of the great names in boating. Um, it's just so smooth on the water when Skip is also teaching me boatmanship because I have my own little boat, which I bought after that accident, mm-hmm. and um, to get the boat to lift and ride on the waves to come in, there's no bang, bang, bang coming back. Um, it's it's just a beautiful boat. So, yeah, I don't know the species of boats I just get on there I know I have to wash it if we get it dirty and it looks pretty cool traveling behind uh the car just a quick one going down to Port Mac we came out of Tail and Bend heading down to Port Mac and there was a um 
check of licenses, breathos and everything, and they were waving on. All of a sudden the policeman saw the rig coming and he decided he wanted to see more, pulled us in, <laughs> and Skip had to do the blow in the check and everything, and he was actually checking the boat out. So <laughs> we um, gave him some fun comments and travelled on our way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now, looking back at all of that you've shared, and you've shared some uh, advice with us, but if you had one piece of advice that you could give to our viewers and listeners today, what might that piece of advice be? Oh, just whatever you're passionate about and you're thinking about, go and try it. Mm -hmm. Find some other ladies. Maybe go on social media and ask, is there someone who likes to knit, who likes to quilt, who likes to ride dirt bikes and go have a go. You're just a girl, but can so do. Can so do. Can so do. Even so both do. of them in someone. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Motivate other people to enjoy your life. You don't know how long you've got. Mm, mm. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. Well, I love your, it's, mm. I uh, didn't know you prior to this today. And, no, uh, no, but no. What, what yeah. a great life and what yeah. a motivation to yeah. so many others. And uh, the nickname Sharky, it's, it's yeah. got to stick. Oh, it needs to stick. But um, in Darwin, in six days' time, I could turn it to sailfish. Barramundi, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully not crocky. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the offer is to swim with the crocodiles. Well, I don't swim. Yeah, no. Yeah, not, not out fishing. I wouldn't no. recommend that okay. one. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Faye. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you for coming in on Life Bus. And you can catch up with Life Bus with Matt and Sarah wherever you get your podcasts from uh, on community television and radio and, of course, online on YouTube and Facebook. This has been Life Bus. I am Sarah. And I am Matt. Thanks so much for joining us. Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman with production by Reese Jarrett and Kay Hoshra Ozadigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a Raw Cut production.